Hi, I'm Amor Owens. I play Ashley in Season 2, Episode 8 of Cobra Kai. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion. Don't forget to tune in on your smartwatch. Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter, and today's interview is with Amora Owens. She was so fun to talk with, and I learned so much about her. She has done so much. She talks about moving from Manila at an early age, growing up in Alabama, and going to school in Tennessee. But not just that, she was also a teacher and then decided to kind of deviate and switch occupation and get into acting. And so her journey in itself was really fascinating to listen to. So this is our conversation. Hi, Peter. Hey, Amor. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Doing okay. A little tired from work, but, uh, you know, at least it wasn't too hot, I, I suppose. Oh, yeah. You had a... You had a long day, huh? I did. Uh, I worked almost 10 hours, but, uh, you know, since I do um, some driving in the vehicle, it doesn't have AC. It just has a fan. Uh-huh. Um, so basically, you're driving a tin can. You usually add about 10, 15 degrees inside. So it gets pretty hot. Oh, no. Yeah. But, you know, it's part of the job. Aww. Yeah. You so, got to see your family. That's good. I saw the family for uh, a little bit longer than I thought. Yeah, I, I brought a um, little good. toy for the uh, for the eight year old and the eighteen month old mm. trying to take it away from him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, yeah. As as eighteen month olds do, uh, I suppose. But it, it's kind of interesting because it was a Funko Pop of a uh, Marty McFly from Back to the Future. I, oh I didn't goodness. know that. I, I don't know if this is something that she does with like maybe her toys, but she took it from her big brother. She gave it like an Eskimo kiss. Uh-huh. So I thought that was really cute. Aww. Yeah. How precious. Yeah. You may see that on Twitter. So I, did, I did post that earlier. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I need to look at that. Yeah. I started following you. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I, I, um, yeah. I tried to follow as, as many people as I can. Obviously, I, uh, I try to stalk all you guys. Uh, so that way I can ask you questions. <laughs> uh, just to yeah, and, and it looks like oh, I was going to say it looks like um, John and, and Josh and Hayden and Billy like the Atlanta Dojo promo video of Cobra Kai. How could they not? Yeah, I, I don't know. I we had so much fun making that. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun, and it was it was really nice to see everybody again. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say who because I'll feel like an idiot for you know not not getting it right. But there was one person who I thought was actually a different character in a different episode. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute now. It's all oh. like, oh, so it's somebody that I haven't interviewed yet, obviously. So I think that narrows it down for um, a lot of people <laughs> that follow our show. But I felt, yeah, I felt a little dumb at one point. I was like, wait, wait, that's not who that was? Okay. 
But anyway, just inside baseball for those that are tuning in, uh, you and I, we actually had a bit of an icebreaker earlier this afternoon. So we, we kind of already had like a little, uh, little meet and greet. Yeah, that was fun getting to know you and your life. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, we got to, um, well, it sounds, I guess I did most of the talking. So you got to know about me <laughs> and my personal life. Um, but, you know, I, I want to know, know about you. you. You play Ashley um, on Cobra Kai season two. We'll, we'll definitely yeah. get there. But I, I want to know uh, more about you on, the, on a personal level, too. Now, I, I did see somewhere that you speak fluent Tagalog. Yes. So I was born and raised in Manila, Philippines. Yes. And yeah, and I moved to the United States when I was eight years old. I'm the youngest of six children. Wow. And my, yeah, and my parents being both doctors, they were offered a position in a, a hospital in Birmingham, Alabama. So that was a culture shock. Sure. So yeah, so we all moved to the United States, and I grew up in Birmingham and then moved to Tennessee to go to school, to go to college, went to Vanderbilt. But I, my mom always told me, she said, never lose your language. So I worked hard making sure that I spoke Tagalog at home, even though I was learning English in school. I went to a Catholic parochial school from kindergarten on to 12th grade, and when I would come home, I would speak Tagalog to my family. So I made sure I kept it. Yeah, I uh, I work with two men and a woman who are Filipino, and I hear it every morning. <laughs> and there's one guy. Do you I know it? I do not. Um, I do get that a lot. Either people think I'm Vietnamese or Filipino. And they usually say Filipino because of the facial hair, but I'm just lazy to shave. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but I, I feel, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a, a quote-unquote look really to uh, certain ethnicities, but there's a likeness. But I also I also deliver to, I don't know what kind of business it is, but I know it's healthcare, some sort of health care. It uh-huh. is run by Filipinos. And they, they have that thick accent, too. Like, I remember one lady, she goes, oh, you Filipino? And I go, no, no, I'm, oh, I'm Laotian. Oh, hey, that's good. Is that pretty good? Well, I hear it all the time, you know. Um, but you, Yeah, you, you, you nailed it. Well, I, I also watch me some Joe Koi, right? So shout out oh, to Joe Koi. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's hilarious. So we'll we'll come back to that because you told me a little nugget earlier today too. So um, I definitely want to get there. Now, um, <laughs> so what was it like for you? Okay, about when was it that you came to Alabama? Oh, I was eight. I was okay. eight years old when I moved to Alabama, and yeah, and then I lived. In Birmingham until um, I, I went. I lived there throughout high school. Then I moved to Tennessee for college. Then I lived in Tennessee for another ten years, and then I moved to Atlanta to work as a teacher. I was a teacher for a long time. Oh no, kidding! I, I um, yeah. I just interviewed uh, Keith Arthur Bolden, who's a professor. Matt Lewis is a professor, and we'll, when I go through some of your credits, um, a lot of you guys have kind of been on the same shows. You know that that film in, in that region. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting yeah, indeed. Uh-huh. 
Now, I've always been kind of fascinated with um, you know, islanders or Asians in different parts of the country where uh, typically there's an accent. Do you, do you feel like you've ever developed some sort of southern accent being like in Alabama and Tennessee for a good portion of you know, your early, early years? Oh, yes. Oh, is so, that right? <laughs> I, didn't, I did not realize how strong my southern accent was until um, I tried to move to New York City after college. I, had, I was offered an interview with Elle magazine, but in the meantime, I was also looking for other job opportunities. So I, I, I met a headhunter, and while I was in the office, She's from New Jersey, so she had a really thick Jersey accent. Okay, and she um, she was intrigued by my southern accent, so she had the entire floor come to her cubicle and have me speak. <laughs> and I was like, "Show and tell," and I'm like, "What do you want me to say?" She goes, "Just talk in your southern accent." And so I felt so humiliated, I started talking with a New Jersey accent, and she said, no, not a Jersey accent. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I, I would imagine around the right people, your uh, the Southern twang probably comes back out. Oh, yeah. When I start, oh, it, it comes out for sure, because I've had, because right now I'm in New York, every now and then I'll meet someone at an audition or something, and I hear them say this. They'll say, wait a minute. I hear a Southern twang. <laughs> that that word had way too many syllables in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, my cover's blown. Oh, no. What, what's funny is um, Brianna, she has said that I have a Northwestern accent, and I don't know what that means. I, I don't know oh. how Northwest uh, Northwesterns speak. But uh, I was I was huh. born in Texas, and I lived in Texas. Really? Yeah, so I was there till about six years old before I moved up to the Pacific Northwest. Northwest, I said Northwestern Pacific Northwest. Um, but I don't know what we sound like. I thought we just kind of speak regularly. But anyway, yeah. I, I, I've, um, I I once interviewed an actress from Canada, and she was mm-hmm. um, Chinese Canadian. And after we got off of, uh, after the interview, we kind of spoke off mic and she actually called it out. She's like, are, are you, are you from like the South or something? Like, like Texas? I go, well, that's oddly <gasps> specific. Whoa. And she goes, she goes, oh, I'm pretty good at like, <laughs> like, um, pointing out accents. I go, I didn't realize I had one. And she goes, oh, no, that's like, you're probably, you, you probably try to hide it, but it's, I can hear it. It's totally Southern. I go, wow. I, so that's really interesting to me, you know? Ooh. And I just thought that yeah. however I spoke is because that I'm also bilingual. So sometimes my mind's trying to process both English mm-hmm. and um, Lao. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, I tend to yes. stutter and I'm trying to do, figure out what I'm trying to say. Yes. So, yeah. Do you, can you relate to that? Totally. I totally <laughs> relate to that. In fact, when I think too hard about speaking Tagalog, I start to stutter and I and I talk really slowly. But if I'm not thinking about it so much, like in a dream state almost, it just comes out fluently. Um, and in fact, so this is really interesting. I had to write a paper in college and I waited, I procrastinated. I waited way too late. And so <laughs> I was typing my, writing my paper like at three in the morning. 
it was a philosophy paper, like seven pages. Oh my goodness! And I, and I, and I finished it, and I turned it in that morning, and my professor called me up, and she says, "Hey, I need to talk to you about your paper." And I'm thinking, "Oh no, I Uh-oh. probably failed it." <laughs> and so I go to her office, and she sits me down. And she says, um, "Do you speak another language?" Is English your second language? And I said, yes, it is. How did, why are you asking me that question? She goes, well, I speak seven languages fluently. And this explains why your paper was incomprehensible. And I thought, what did I do? Oh, wow. And she said, your syntax, yeah, your syntax is completely reversed. And in Tagalog, like Spanish, your, um, the subject predicate is reversed. Okay. And that's exactly what she saw on my paper. And, I, and she goes, okay, now that explains everything. I need you to rewrite this whole thing. This time, can you please do it, not last minute, <laughs> and coherently? Oh, wow. <laughs> she totally busted me. I know. She it's called you out. Yeah. The, no, what, what's mm-hmm. also interesting is like, oh, I speak seven languages fluently. <laughs> oh, <You're right>. pardon me. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's so brilliant. But she was saying that when you're tired, you revert back to your mother tongue. Oh. You're, you start thinking in your mother tongue. So that's what that was her point. Well, I must be tired all the time then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wow. That's very you, interesting. Yeah, your long hours. Oh. Um, what, uh, what was it that you uh, taught? So I was certified to teach kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. I was going to teach English in high school. I was almost certified to teach that, and I decided to to teach younger. So I was I taught elementary and middle school, and I was also certified as an administrator, school administrator. So I was working my way up to becoming a principal, and then I had a a change in career. <laughs> I decided to do acting. So what made you um, consider education that that field specifically? Well, as you know, having Asian parents, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, both my parents, they wanted me to pursue either medicine or law or education. And um, even though my mom, I grew up with my mom being a Renaissance woman. She was a doctor, but she was also an actress. So that's that's where I first got the acting bug was watching my mom perform, but she wanted all her children to pursue, you know, more traditional professions like doctor, lawyer, engineer, teacher. So I was not really encouraged to pursue the arts, even though I I majored in art and philosophy and I was thinking I was going to go to law school. So what happened was um, after college, I was thinking about, okay, what can I do? So I decided, well, I do love language and I love, you know, research. And I thought, well, maybe I could pursue law. So what I did was I worked as a paralegal for a while. And while I was working for the attorney general of Nashville, I worked on an education case and was fortunate enough to work with um, a Harvard policymaker. And I did some research for her and worked on a litigation case that had to do with small schools versus Governor McWhorter. And so I got really interested in educational policy and decided to pursue a graduate degree in education instead of law. So that's what I did. And then um, got a job with um, Gwinnett County Public Schools, moved to Atlanta and started working as a teacher 
for Gwinnett County Public Schools for years. So that's my story. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Sophomore year, I had a teacher that was just the most wonderful person in the world. And she, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, she would assign us all these like writing assignments. And I would, I would procrastinate. I remember one specifically, we were uh, tasked to write a, a narrative story, which I did literally the night before it was due. And I got so, um, I got so tired that I left it on a cliffhanger. And I turned it in. <laughs> and she was all like, she was like, well, what happens? I go, what do you mean? That's that, that, that's the end of it. You know, I, I was just kind of like, I didn't really care. I was just like, well, I kind of met all the minimum requirements and um, for the story. And she was like, well, I will give you extra credit if you continue it. I go, oh, okay, well, I can do that. <laughs> so she, she gave me, you know, some more time and I uh, added to the story and I got an A plus on it. Awesome. Yeah, so I I think she had such an influence on me that that she actually made me want to become an English teacher myself. But after that oh, year, wow. after sophomore year, I didn't have any other teachers that impacted me the way she did, so I didn't care after that. <laughs> but um Oh, yeah. I remember having to read To Kill a Mockingbird and we were yeah. supposed to I I think the I think the assignment was you're supposed to write as if you were one of the characters. I, I'm kind of forgetting the details, but what I ended uh-huh. up doing is because I was so heavy into music. I still am. Like music is my passion. Um, I wrote a rap. Oh, I love music. Yeah. I I wrote. You did. I, okay. I did. I wrote a rap song as Jem Finch, which was Scout's brother. Stop. Yeah. I want to hear that. I don't have it anymore. Uh, this is, we're, we're talking about over 20 years ago, but I turned oh it in gosh. and I got another A, you know? So it, I, I, oh, wow. I, I don't know if she was like giving me good grades because of like I was thinking outside the box kind of thing. I don't know, but she That's was a, totally outside the box. Yeah. So I did that for like a French class too, where, you know, writing assignment and, um, uh, I wrote a rap where one line would be in English, mm-hmm. then the next line would be in French. So I, I did that oh too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you should find those things. Yeah, I, I first I don't know I don't even know where to look. Um, I'm not I'm friends with the French teacher on Facebook, but I think I think he's retired, so I doubt he'd have any of that stuff. But. The English teacher I definitely lost touch with um, over the years. And it's so funny because I have a sister that eight, that's eight years younger than me. And she ended up having mm-hmm. Mrs. Miller. Shout out to Mrs. Miller if she ever listens to this. Uh, Dottie Miller uh, from Portland. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my sister had her. And Mrs. Miller found out that, that she was my younger sister. And she was like, oh, my God, I love your brother. And, and I guess just embarrassed the hell out of her. Like the first few days there just kept them. <laughs> bringing me up like oh your brother always found like a different way to sit in his seat every single day (laughs) like i was one of those kids that couldn't sit still like i will turn Uh my my chair upside down and sit on it or you know i'll have one leg hanging off the corner of the table i was yeah i couldn't sit still well you know what i i my i had my favorites like my kid the kids who i felt like had add or attention deficit some some form or another like ADHD Mm -hmm. I 
had a, I knew I had a lot of patience for them because I knew they couldn't sit still, but they're brilliant. You know, they're the most creative and, um, they were tough to discipline, but I also knew that they were capable of so much creativity. Hmm. And, um, I tell you, teachers can make or break your future. Yeah. And so wow. I took it very, very seriously. It was a very honorable profession. And um, I, I miss it. You know, I miss the kids. Um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now, pretending to be a teacher sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, auditioning for principal roles and unfeature roles and doctor roles, you know. Yeah. So I, I told my mom and my, my, my parents that, um, that I, I basically get to fulfill all their dreams for me because I get to pretend <laughs> to be all those roles that they wanted me to play. Right. They're like, you want me to be a doctor? Hey, I got, I got a role right here for you. <laughs> That's right. I could be a neurosurgeon. I could be, you know, whatever kind of doctor you want me to be. <laughs> now, uh, you also have some experience in theater? Yes. So I was, um, I was doing a lot of community theaters, uh, productions, um, community theater production in Atlanta. I had my bucket list role was to do a Shakespeare play, and I got to play a gender switched role um, in Hamlet. I got to play Claudius, mm-hmm. which was probably the best role I've ever had on stage. That was so fun, and I also did a few musicals. Uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie and um, State Fair. One Flew Over and the Cooper's Nest. I did that. <laughs> okay, so that that one was a lot of fun because I got to improvise my role. The role, I, I played Nurse Nakamura, and everyone's asked me, like, wait a minute, there's Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> of course. But I don't remember Nurse Nakamura. <laughs> so I did my research, and Michael Cole, who was our director, who was running the Renaissance Project Theater, um, said, yeah, do, do your research on that role. And, well, Nurse Nakamura was an original role in the Broadway play of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like the very first play ever on Broadway. And I couldn't find her lines. And so when we were rehearsing it, he said, just improvise them. So, <laughs> so whenever I felt like saying something as Nurse Nakamura, I would just say, and he goes, yeah, yeah, just include that. Okay, just say that. And so when, when we locked when we left the play to be performed, I just settled on my lines. Oh wow! So there you go. That's funny. Did, did, That's fun. did so? Did the other actors have like scripts? Oh yeah, we all had our scripts. Um, yeah. But I mean, my, I didn't have very many lines, but I see. you okay. know, but it was just so fun to just improvise it. Yeah. The um the Hamlet that you uh production that you mentioned what was it only your character that was gender swapped or was that like the entire production gender swapped? Oh, the entire production. No was kidding. Gender swapped. Interesting. So yeah, it was really it was a really interesting um rendition of Hamlet. So of you know all all the male roles were female and so Hamlet was female and Gertrude was male so. Um, I was Queen Claudius. Polonius was female. And I, I would say that's probably the strongest female role I've ever played. And I have referenced that role for every other audition or every role I was, I've been cast in. 
um, that required a strong female role. And in fact, um, recently I did um, a villainous role on NCIS New Orleans. I got to play uh, Lawa Nataya, who was a Thai government official. And she, she was kind of the villain of the show. And she pretended to be a friend to the prime minister, to the minister uh, of Thailand in the show. And I was her secretary. I pretended to be her friend, but I had a, a vendetta against her the entire time. <laughs> so that was cool. Did you uh, have to learn Thai at all? So, yeah, when I auditioned for that, I uh, actually asked one of my friends who knew who knew Thai to help me with that just in case. And then when I got to set, the producers decided that I didn't need to know Thai. Okay. But the person <laughs> playing, yeah, the person playing my boss had to learn a little bit of Thai. And we had one fluent Thai speaker who had a role as a security guard in the show. So that helped. So there was enough Thai representation among the cast that I didn't have to learn it. Yeah. I mean, you, you could pass. Which was a relief. Absolutely. Like, um, I could. I think so. Like uh, Lao and uh, Laotians and the Thai, we're we're very similar. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've always thought that each um, Asian ethnicity has like a brother sister. You know, so I feel like the mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Laotian and Thai are very similar. Uh, Filipinos and Cambodians kind of look similar. Mm -hmm. Japanese and Vietnamese, and then you got Koreans and Chinese. It, it's just something that I've always thought. Just growing up with a lot of different Asians and kind of seeing some similarities in the different backgrounds. But um, I could totally see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now, um, that's the one, uh, NCIS, is, is this the one with Scott Bakula? Yes, it was, it's Scott Bakula, correct. Did you, uh, did you um, share any scenes with him? Oh, yeah. I had a scene, I had a couple of scenes with Scott Bakula, and I had a scene with Rob, and I had a scene with... Um, Nikar and Vanessa. So I had a scene with every single series reg on that show. I've never seen an episode. Um, and I feel terrible, too, because uh, Susan Gallagher, who plays Homeless Lynn on Cobra Kai, she was in an episode of um, NCIS New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but Scott Bakula. You say Susan Gallagher? Yep, that, yeah. she, was, uh, she was in an episode. I've I seen some of the screenshots shared. But um, Scott Bakula, mm -hmm. I was a huge fan of his when he was on Quantum Leap. So that's what I know him most from. Oh, yeah. It was a great show. Yeah, he's an amazing actor. He, he mm -hmm. is. I I didn't follow him really. Only I only know him from Quantum Leap. But I used to listen to a podcast um, where they also interviewed cast members from you know the episodes that they would review. And everybody said the same thing when it came to like Scott Bakula. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. He's such a, you know... Great mm -hmm. human being and all that. So he just, he really seems like that. He really is. He's very kind and very welcoming. Um, just, you know, just very warm hearted and um, not egotistical at all, at all. Very generous. It, w it was very, it was nice. Yeah. Having to work with him. At, at first I was nervous, you know, somewhat intimidated. Sure. It's a wonderful cast. <laughs> yeah. And um, some heavy hitters. And, and I knew my scenes were going to be with each one of them. And so, uh, and I had to play a villainous role. So I had this, you know, secret 
and the shots were, were done out of order. So I had to pay attention to like what scene we're doing when without revealing, <laughs> without revealing too much. So that was very challenging and very um, fulfilling. It was, it was awesome yeah. experience. I, I bet. Um, another uh, show here that you were on, uh, Rose Bianco was also on Being Mary Jane. Oh, yeah, that was so fun. I had a recurring role as a fertility specialist. Yeah, so um, Gabrielle Union was so lovely. So this is, here's an interesting story with, with Gabrielle Union. She, you know, Michael Cole, who directed me on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right. was her boss oh. for an entire season. No kidding. So <laughs> before we shot our major scene where she was crying, um, it was a very emotional scene. Um, she and I started talking. We were just kind of breaking the ice. And she and I were talking about acting and about Atlanta and about LA, the, you know, the different acting communities. And, and then I said to her, I said, you know, we have a mutual friend, Michael Cole. She goes, hi, you Michael Cole. Oh my God, tell him I said hello. And I told her, I said, he's directing the play that I'm in right now called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And so, so we were talking about Michael Cole prior to, you know, having the first shot of the day for our scene. So that was a really great way to break the ice and have chemistry with her, which lent itself very well to that very emotional scene. So we had an immediate bond, oh, wow. which was so beautiful. And um, it was one of those things you just don't plan. It just kind of happened, you know, and um, I was very affected with her performance, which helped, you know, which helped our scene. Yeah. So um, that was that was so fun. And they asked me to come back for a second episode and um just a follow-up episode about her fertility um, treatments and everything. And it was just lovely working with her. Yeah. I, I, she seems like a wonderful person. I've been, uh, I, I've mm-hmm. seen most of her films. Like um, I, I never watched uh, being Mary Jane or anything. I did watch the clips of uh, Rose Bianco. That was, um, you know, in, in some scenes with her and Rose shared some stories mm-hmm. as well. But um, like Rose, you too were in a Marvel movie. <laughs> Rose, Rose's scene got cut from Black Panther. You were in Ant-Man. Okay, so Ant-Man. So I was, unfortunately, didn't have a, a speaking role in Ant-Man, but I was heavily featured in it. Mm-hmm. That, I would have to say that was probably the very first time I got to experience a movie set in that grand scale. It was amazing uh, working with Michael Douglas and um, Evangeline Lilly and just that whole cast and watching them work. Corey Stahl. Um, I actually saw Corey Stahl. I, I went to see him on a, a play recently in New York and I got to shake his hand and say hello and ask if he remembered me. And Aunt May was like, yeah, I remember you. So um, I got to watch him work. I think he's so amazing. And so yeah, that was my very first time on a big set, movie set. Oh wow, what, so cool! Was that uh, where was that filmed at? In Atlanta. It was that was in Atlanta. Crazy! I I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So okay. So if if you watch the movie, you'll see th- this building explode. Okay, and somehow um, 
they were able to use the archive building in downtown Atlanta as like the main PIM technologies building. And inside, they turned it into this futuristic lab. It was amazing what they did in the inside. I just felt like I was in a different planet. Yeah. And um, what they did, what the what the art department did and props and building the building out these chambers and lab, you know, just it was amazing. That's all I can say. I need to rewatch that cuz I um yeah, it's oof, it's been a few years since, since I've seen it. I, I mean, I've seen it probably twice. But I also haven't mm-hmm. seen it since I've been at, in Atlanta. And Brianna and I were not mm-hmm. from there. So her and I, we were lost that entire Dragon Con weekend, <laughs> walking around trying to find everything. And because, you know, we were trying to limit our Uber uh, trips, you know, because all, mm-hmm. all that costs money. But um, I, I would be interested to rewatch it now because I actually might uh, recognize some buildings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think I'm not sure if the archive building is being used anymore, but mm. uh, yeah, and some and I think some some of the filming now is done in Peachtree City. So yeah, I, I was very, I was very thankful that I even got to be a part of it, even though I was just featured a little bit. Um, I learned so much that day. Oh, sure. I mean, in the experience alone. Oh, yeah. Every every time I'm on set, I learn something different just how things are run every production is run so differently and um television versus film uh and and you know i I have an appreciation for it because i'm i actually used to produce for um a small independent company in beaufort georgia so i was able to be behind the scenes and do some line production and costume design so whenever i you know whenever i see any kind of film or TV production, I'm so intrigued by what they do behind the scenes, behind the camera, and have so much respect for everybody. And everybody is part of the crew, as well as the cast, just the whole creative collaboration that happens. It's just, it's a beautiful thing for me. Have you ever considered writing or directing as well? I actually am. Oh, you should do it like currently? to... Well, I'm working on um, doing some more writing, which is, you know, what we talked about earlier. I'm, I'm trying to develop material for stand-up um, right. as a way, yeah, as a way for me to just kind of keep my writing going. I just want to be more disciplined in my writing and being able to develop my own material, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different discipline. So, um, and I, I'm also enjoying stand-up. It's one of those things that I was afraid of for the longest time. And then um, I got to do, uh, I got to do a couple of stand-up shows recently and just, I just kind of fell in love with the process. And so what I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to write, direct, and produce a comedy series. So that's that's in the works right now. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take, but it might take a while. <laughs> But I'm hoping to do that. That's one of my goals is to to write a, a television series. Uh, do you have um, like who are some inspirations in comedy? Oh my gosh! Well, of course, I'm going to say like the most obvious. Um, you know, I love Tina Fey. Okay, yeah, I love her. Um, gosh, uh, now you put me on the spot. Here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me think. Yeah. Um, well, you know, recently, recently I was in a film with um, John Stewart, 
who wrote and directed Irresistible. I have a lot of respect for him as a writer and director. Yeah, shout out to Matt Lewis, who was also in that one. Yes, yes, he was. And, um, you know, as far as acting, I love Steve Carell. Uh, I love the show Parks and Rec and The Office. I recently was listening to um, a documentary on the making of The Office. That's really interesting. I'm trying to think of other shows that most recent ones um just as far as television writing you know i i even i also like drama series written by um shonda rhimes yeah i like her as a writer as well big fan of Grey's anatomy oh see my sister is i never got into it but uh my wife and i Mm -hmm. we we were um we watched how to to get away with murder that was our thing (laughs) Mm, really? Yeah, but uh, yeah. W- with the pandemic, we were unable to finish to finish it together, which I think she has since finished, and I have yet to get caught up. But um, because it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like the last season, right, the, or the finale, this is it. It was over this season. I need to. I need to binge watch that. I saw a few episodes. I'm watching so many shows right now. Oh no, I totally get. It. Oh, when you just said Shauna Rhimes, I just assumed like you know, like Scandal and and all those other things. Like Scandal. Oh yeah. I I, I fell off after yeah. like oh gosh, I don't know, season four maybe. Uh, it was fine. It was just I I think everybody goes through this, but you you start to watch so many shows and then you can't finish them all at the same time. So you start dropping some of them. Yeah, so that's what happens to most of my shows. I just, it's not that I don't like them. I mean, I can probably name like two or three where like, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't care. And that's why I stopped watching certain shows. But um, definitely not Shonda Rhyme stuff because I, I really do enjoy those. Yeah, I do too. Um, and, you know, I also started watching Fleabag. I know I'm kind of late in the game sometimes, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to... Um, watch as many different types of genres as I can. Um, it's part of my homework, you know, as an yeah. actor. So, yeah, I tell my kids, that. I'm like, mommy's going to go watch television now for my homework. They're for like, research. yeah, right. I'm like, yeah. no, seriously. Well, wait till they get older. <laughs> for, they'll, for real. they'll totally understand. Um, well, one of the comedies, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I feel like I watched this and probably shared it somewhere on social media and, and tagged you, but uh, the, the movie Little with uh, Regina Hall and Isaray. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But w- what was your experience like filming that? Okay. That was a lot of fun um, working with Marseille uh, on our scene. So it was quite special because my partner, Cecilia Speck, and I really bonded on set and we decided that we were going to be like lady to lunch. And so we even told um, Tina, the director, that we were going to split some of our lines. So it's kind of like a tag team kind of thing. And when we were shooting our scene with Marseille, they, the, the producers and the director, they told us to just improvise for the next like 10, 15 minutes. And we're just going to keep the camera rolling. And we had the best time just um, working off of what Marseille did. And we just, we were just improvising for like 10, 15 minutes and they were cracking up. And what they ended up using were the actual lines and not even a bit of what we did, but, <laughs> but they got like 
<laughs> they got the tone, you know, they, they got our energy or, you know, like humor mm-hmm. in there and they were able to use that, you know, our chemistry of tag teaming back and forth. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I can imagine it was it was a it was a great movie. I I loved it. Um, my wife and I we were just laughing our asses off. It's it's really a well done movie, and and everyone's hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah. So for uh for some context uh, for those that are not familiar with this movie, Little, it's kind of like the movie Big. You know, uh, Regina uh Regina Hall is the lead, and she's this boss mm-hmm. lady that's very demanding of her employees, and she. Uh, turns into a what is she thirteen or something in the movie? I, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, she turns into this thirteen thirteen year old girl, and nobody n- nobody knows who she really is. That she's the boss, and she pretends to be the daughter. I, I believe she pretends to be the daughter, and so yes. So that's hijinks ensues. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, I think Issa Rae is supposed to be like her aunt, like watching over her. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fun. Definitely check that out. Um, all right. So we can go ahead and uh, uh, talk about Cobra Kai here. Um, since since you're you know from the Atlanta area, and I know that's where they film, mm-hmm. and a lot of the actors are from the area as well, I also imagine that you did like a self-tape? I did. Yeah. So uh, at the time... I know I keep mentioning New York, but sometimes I fly up here to audition. Um, but at the time, I had just left Atlanta to go to New York to take class up here and, um, and to visit family. And so while I was up here, I had gotten in the uh, the character breakdown in the sides from my agent at for two roles, for the role for Melissa and for Ashley two opposite characters who were going to be the dates. Okay. And, um, very excited. I got it. And I sent in my tapes, but, but interesting story was I got it on my way to class. So I was kind of, I was kind of breaking down the script on my way to class and we were playing this game in class It's called speed date. Okay. And so I was able to, kind of play around and, and again improvising with my class what it would be like to play those characters those two different characters in the speed date interesting so before i even taped isn't that cool yeah, so yeah. before i even taped it i i was able to think through the characters and kind of have my backstory and get it in my body and just really relax into the character and then when i finished the class i went to a taping studio and taped it, both of them. And I had to, you know, they're, again, they're completely different. So I was able to um, rehearse it ahead of time in class and then tape it. Yeah. And I was cast for Ashley. <laughs> Interesting. You, that was you, fun. When you were just speaking, I, I caught a little bit of those words with the extra syllables in it. Oh, <laughs> see, Peter, can't hide it. When, when you said backstory <laughs> and class, that that's where oh, I, no. I picked up on it a little bit. Um as a class. <laughs> so you so you come in and so you were just told that you were Ashley or did you come in and you like do some different lines just to how, how does that work with the casting director I'd imagine? Oh okay so I turn in both tapes for for both roles 
And then um, my agent calls me up and she says, oh, they want to offer you the role for Ashley. So I accepted the offer. And then um, I flew back to Atlanta and got ready to film it. I, I forgot how long it was from the time I accepted the offer to actually go on a set. But okay. it was about a week, maybe. Since it was um, season two, you were already kind of familiar with the show? Oh, yeah. So what, what I normally do is I, you know, before I even audition for any role, I, I look to see what the show is like, what the tone of the show is like. And um, if there's a prior season, I would watch the season, watch as many episodes as I can to kind of get caught up with the storyline. Yeah. And, um, you know, the tone of the show, the characters, the world of the show, and then, you know, and try to try to fit into that world. Right. You know, so. See, research. Yeah. So I did, I did watch several. <laughs> I did. I yeah. love, like I said, I love research. Yeah. So it's, one, mean, it's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- that makes a lot of sense too, because you, you want to know the world that you're getting yourself into because you don't want to play it straight when it's more of a comedic take, you know? So, so right. I, yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah. No, for me, you know, the research part and trying to see how I could fit into that world, you know, as an actor, um, I, I think it's our responsibility to be able to tell the story well within, you know, within the realm of that world. And so, for me, that's that's the most fun to play with that kind of idea of like, how can I tell the story better? What can I add to the story as his character, you know, from their point of view? Right. So, um, yeah. So I, I think it's it's one, it's fun too. It's, you know, it's just appropriate to kind of fit in. Now, you, you mentioned you did the research by watching um, the first season. Now, how familiar with you were you with the, the Karate Kid movies? Oh, I loved the Karate Kid movies. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you my age, but, you know, <laughs> as a young kid, as a young kid, I loved the original Karate Kid. It, it really made a huge impression on me and just the message and overcoming obstacles and, you know, pulling for the underdog, that all of that, all those themes uh, resonated with me. So when I got the when I got the call to do this to the to do the role, I was so excited. I told my husband, I told my kids, <laughs> I I made them watch Karate Kid. <laughs> and um you know, when it came out, I said you you have to understand why mommy is so excited about this. And so I made them watch it and you know, when the show came out, so they can get the full experience of it and the history of the characters and, you know, Johnny and Daniel and all that. And um, as far as loving Karate Kid, I loved it all my life. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Kid, for sure. Yeah. I, I can only imagine, obviously I'm living vicariously through everybody that I speak with, you know, that's been on the show. Um, I, I actually had mm-hmm. a pretty cool moment where um Israel Warbe, who played uh, Freddie Fernandez from the first Karate Kid movie, uh, he joined us on one of our trivia games that we do on YouTube. And um, oh, fine. Yeah, one one day he was calling me for something, but he FaceTimed me, and my son's iPad is connected to my Apple account, 
So my son picked up the、mm-hmm. FaceTime call, and I guess was talking to Izzy <laughs> for a little bit. And and Izzy was wearing his、oh, wow. like um his making bacon T-shirt that Freddie Fernandez wears in the Karate Kid movie. So anybody that、uh, mm-hmm. you know familiar with the shirt, that's what he was wearing. And my son saw the shirt and recognized it from the first Karate Kid、uh-huh. movie, but obviously didn't know that was the actor. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh!、Yeah. So, Mind blown. <laughs> yeah, so I had to tell him afterwards. He's like, "Oh, that was the guy who played in the movie." I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So I, I don't think、wow. he quite understands it. You know, he's eight years old. Yeah, you know, how, how daddy feels、right. having to fanboy and and talk to all the people that's part of the movies and the show. Hmm. That is so neat. Yeah. He he got to experience that. So so tell me what was filming like.、Uh, you know from. Um, let me see. You were on Glory of、uh, Glory of Love. Who I who directed that one? I forget. Oh, Jen Saloda. So, what was it like working with her and and filming with、uh, Billy? Okay, it was a dream. <laughs> getting to work with both of them,、um, I had such a pleasant experience on set. Just overall, I was there. For for hours, but it just it didn't feel like it.、Um, I was the last shot of the day. I remember it was a Friday night, and I know I know pr- people were probably just ready to go, you know, start their weekend. But、um, it was the last shot of the day. It was the last date, <laughs> and Jen Salota was so、um, she was just she she knew exactly what she wanted. In fact, at the end of the shot, she said, "I said, did you like that? How you know." Do we capture what you were thinking? And she goes, "Oh yeah, every single one of you." She said, "Capture the essence of the character." I'm like, "Yes!" You know, it was like a one of those victorious moments that I that the director loved what she saw, and、um, she was just so encouraging and gave so much good direction, and、um, was taking what I was giving her and was、um, was very complimentary. And she was, but then she was also. Trying different things, and it's always it's always good to do that, you know. So they'll have more choices and more options in the editing room, and so、um, you know. Luckily, I was I was able to give them what they wanted, and of course, working with Billy Zabka was a dream. He was so funny and so just so kind and just very. I, I keep saying the welcoming, but that's what I felt like. I not feel intimidated at all. And、um, I was so sad it was over. <laughs> I, like I wanted to keep playing, and、um, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to give out too much information because I know it's, you know, Cobra Kai is going to come out on Netflix. But、um, but the way they shot it was brilliant. <laughs> the way they they had the camera set up and the point of view of my character and Billy's character, and what he did with the other with the other dates is pretty comical. As you've seen, yes,、right? yeah, yeah. So, I'm trying. I'm trying to be discreet about without without like divulging too much information. Sure, sure, sure. But、um, but as far as far as、um, doing the takes with Jen Salota's direction, we you know we did the close up, we did the medium shot, we did the wide shot. But I didn't have to do alternate takes. We just tried different things with my blocking and the way I was presenting. Myself and my line towards Billy, but yeah. So she was trying to get at the essence of the, each character, and my particular one was, you know, 
the person who was really into her Apple Watch and very businesslike, but, you know, was just very into into her watch. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But I'm still interested, obviously, in Johnny, you oh, know, sure. being on a date with him and being excited about <laughs> it. And, but then, but then, you know, it was like between him and the Apple Watch. So, right, right. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> as we get ready to wrap up, you you've done many of things. You know, you you mentioned uh, you worked in wardrobe, um, uh, produced for an independent company. You've uh, you're writing because you want to get into um, uh, stand up and comedy and all this stuff. But also, you 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 were a teacher. You know, you um, dabbled in education for for a long time. How like what yeah. kind of advice can you give for somebody that is probably juggling all these different fields that they they want to try out? Okay, um, what I've always done is um, just follow your heart. Um, I know that sounds simple, but it really at the end of the day you know, being self-aware and knowing what you're passionate about. When, when things get tough and you, you're faced with a lot of obstacles and you, you have that passion, you have that dream, you hold on to it and you follow that as far as it'll take you. And, um, and it's a win-win, you know, nobody can, nobody can ever take that away from you. It's also a process of discovery. And with me, I feel, you know, I feel called as an artist and, and right now I'm enjoying acting, but I'm also enjoying writing. And, um, and even as a teacher, you know, I found that quite creative because I was able to, to use drama in my teaching. And so I've always had this passion for self-expression and creative expression. And so whoever has that calling in their life to be an artist for whatever medium they choose to do that they'll, you know, nobody can ever take that away from them. And just to follow that and doors will open opportunities will open for you. And that's what has happened in my life. So I will uh, stumble upon an opportunity um, because, you know, I've worked hard for it, but I've also enjoyed myself along the way. And so when you enjoy something, it, it becomes fun and it doesn't seem like work anymore. So like for me, I'm, I'm still taking acting classes. I've been taking acting classes for years and I continue to do that because I enjoy it because I enjoy learning. I enjoy deepening my craft and honing it and being better prepared for whatever, whatever role I get or I'm presented with and just have fun along the way. Follow your heart. And that concludes my conversation with Amor Owens. I want to thank her again so much for giving me the opportunity to pick her brain and just learn more about her. Um, I'm not sure if uh, we had an icebreaker earlier this afternoon over the phone, but she was just really easy to speak with. And it's almost like her and I have known each other for some time, right? We really connected that way. So um, thanks again for that. So if you want to uh, give Amora a follow, I will include her social media accounts in the show notes. So uh, take a look at that. So you can find that there. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are 
Cobra Kai Pod and on Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. If you guys want to join our Facebook group, just type in Cobra Kai Companion. I'm sure we'll pop up. But in there, we're constantly talking theories and sharing articles and artwork and some of the cast is in there as well. Um, we have a lot of fun. Definitely always coming up with ideas to keep it uh, engaging in, in, in our group. But also, if you like watching videos or even listening to things on YouTube, we do have a channel. Uh, I have been putting uh, our interviews slowly but surely onto that channel. And we're, we're doing live streams when things break or when there's a little bit of news and we want to talk about it with, you know, a chat room. Uh, that stuff is available too. So definitely check out our channel if you haven't yet already. And please subscribe to it and hit that bell. Um, if you haven't yet and you've been supporting our show, please consider taking a couple minutes to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's really going to help us out. So um, that's going to do it. I want to thank everybody for their continued support and see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.